to the Conscious Culture Cafe, the podcast that explores how you can lean into your purpose, live your values, and enhance your social impact through your work. I'm your host, Kathy Miller Perkins. Did you know that the vast majority of global corporations say citizenship is important? but a very small percentage actually make it a priority and incorporate it into their strategy. So our episode today is all about corporate citizenship and how to incorporate it into your organization. We're so excited to welcome Carolyn Berkowitz, the President and CEO of the Association of Corporate Citizenship Professionals, better known as ACCP. I met Carolyn a little over a year ago, right after she took the position at ACCP, and we've stayed closely connected ever since. So Carolyn, welcome to the Conscious Culture Cafe. Hello, Kathy. I'm thrilled to be here with you. And tell me, before we get started on the the meat of the episode today, tell me a little bit about your backstory, Carolyn. How did you end up a year ago in the position you're in? What's, What's your backstory? Well, I've spent mostly my entire career around corporate responsibility. I worked closely with corporations in several national nonprofits focused either on youth development or on community building and decided to make the switch to the corporate side of the equation where I led CSR at Capital One for 12 years. And when I was there at Capital One, my team and I developed and implemented strategies that supported the company's growth and development from a credit card company, which probably you all remember, yeah, a top five national bank to now an online and digital leader in financial services. That's great. So when I had the opportunity to come and help shape and lead the field of CSR into its next growth phase by heading up ACCP, I literally jumped on it. Wonderful. Let's stop and let's identify what CSR stands for, first of all. CSR is Corporate Social Responsibility. There are many names that people will use for this, and the names run in fads a little bit. So often we call it citizenship. Some call it corporate social responsibility. Lately, the term sustainability and social and environmental sustainability has taken hold because there are many sides to this equation. In every case, it is about both how a company makes its money and how a company spends its money in ways that support the sustainability of both the earth and society. Great. So all these titles pretty much say the same thing. They pretty much mean the same thing. I use them interchangeably. Okay, great. That's exactly what I wanted to know. All right. So tell me what's happened to you in your first year. What have you learned in your first year with ACCP, Carolyn? Um, Well, let me tell you a little bit about what ACCP is. Okay, great. Um, Perfect. We are a membership association for companies that are committed to corporate citizenship and really a career-long resource for the purpose-driven professionals that make up those companies. Mm -hmm. What ACCP does is advance the field of CSR and serve as a strategic resource so that these professionals can do the most good either in their companies, in communities, and or around the world. We have 213 member companies today of of all industries and sizes, Fortune 500s, smaller mid-sized companies, 
and even startups. And each of them gains access to practical insights and relevant tools and connections that help them improve their results and ultimately to expand their impact. Are they all in the U.S., Carolyn, all your members? Our members can be international companies and U.S. companies, but they all have operations in the U.S. Okay. All right. That makes sense. What can you tell me about, there's a discrepancy between how many companies say corporate citizenship and CSR is important and what they actually do with corporate citizenship. Fewer companies actually incorporate corporate citizenship as a priority into their strategy. So what's that discrepancy all about? What can you tell me about that? So I think there are a few primary reasons. First of all, the expectations of stakeholders dramatically, even over the past two years. Mm-hmm. So, and, and continues to change by double digits almost every year. And so I think companies underestimate the consequences of lagging behind their peers in this dimension. Mm-hmm. So I'll throw out a couple of statistics from the same um, study by Cone Communications from 2017. 89% of consumers would switch brands to one that is associated with a good cause given similar price and quality. Wow. Astounding. It is astounding. Consumers are voting with their feet to the percent. Second of all, in terms of talent, 76% of millennials would choose to work for a socially responsible company, even if the salary would be less than what they would make at other companies. Another astounding. Right. Right. So I think that companies don't necessarily know these facts, and that is one reason why there is a lag. That makes sense. I think the second is more probably practical. Perhaps companies don't prioritize citizenship because they either think it's too hard or too expensive. Yeah. I don't think it has to be either of those things to get started. Is it mostly just the big companies right now that take on corporate citizenship, or is it mostly small companies, or is it all across the board? Almost all the big companies are doing something. Okay. And those companies that are born out of a social mission now actually have that in their DNA, and they're not necessarily even thinking about how do I do it. They exist to do it. Right. Companies that have a long history but haven't had to face this challenge, mid-sized companies or smaller companies, or some larger companies that have focused in one area and the demands of the business have changed dramatically as talent and competition have changed, are finding the need to true back to creating these kinds of initiatives inside their companies. So there's a growing interest, it sounds like. There's a hugely growing interest each year with investors, with employees, with consumers and customers as stakeholders. Each and every one of those stakeholder groups is absolutely demanding at an increased pace that companies are socially responsible. Oh, that's great for your organization. You've got a good service (laughs) to offer. (laughs) Help people do it, do this work better, do it more efficiently, do it more effectively, 
in part because we believe that companies will be more successful and in part because we believe that the world will simply be a better place when companies are doing this and doing it well. Yeah, they go together, don't they? Yes, they do. Well, so you said that you think one of the reasons that companies may not be doing this, even though they think it's important, is because they think it's too costly or it takes too much energy. Say a little bit more about that. You said you don't necessarily believe that that's true. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, I think that companies can do this at almost any price if they are thinking strategically. And while strategy can be complicated, what I would love to do for you and your listeners is to break down some of the components that go into developing strategy. Perfect. Folks can understand that it neither needs to be overly complex nor overly expensive. That's great. Take it away. I think that when one is thinking about a CSR program and and a company is thinking about what it needs to do first, I think the first task is to understand their company's social mission. Mm -hmm. And companies often don't think that they have a social mission, right? Yeah, right, right. To make money, I'm in business to make a product, I'm in money to provide a service. Right. Ultimately, that product or service exists to improve lives in some way or another. Yeah, makes sense. And so I think that the social mission exists already and companies need to think about how their product or service improves lives in order to to zero in on that. So I'll start with banking, which is my background. Okay. The company that I worked for thinks of itself as being in the business of changing lives. From helping consumers and businesses save and borrow to financing a car or a home, it's not a leap to see how banking can improve lives. Absolutely, yeah. But so could a great pair of running shoes, Mm. and so could a breakthrough in medical equipment or cybersecurity. It's really about thinking, what does our product do that makes the world better? So it's not like companies have to make up a new purpose. It's already there. It's a matter of discovering it or articulating it, it sounds like. That's right. And I think companies get into trouble when they make up a new purpose. Their purpose yeah. exists. And yeah. they need to really go downstream and think about how it changes lives. I think the second thing that a company needs to think about as it is considering how to enter this work is what is a social or environmental issue that if it was solved would improve the context for their business. Ah, good point. So I'll go back to banking again and say, we know that a huge percentage of small businesses fail in the first five years of their business, generally because of a a lack of access to capital Mm -hmm. or to the set of skills that might help them grow. Mm -hmm. So naturally, if there were more skills and resources and more companies that had access to microloans or SBA loans, a company might not just be contributing to the community, but would have a stronger customer base. Yeah, okay. And so if you think again, we'll go back to sneakers for a second. If more people exercised regularly, 
the incidence of heart disease and obesity would be reduced. Right. And the shoe company might even sell more shoes. So right. Right. stopping or what is what could enhance the context of doing business. That's great. So it's so closely integrated, the company's yeah. purpose and the contribution to the world, as well as the context for making money are really closely integrated, it sounds That's like. Right. That's right. They are. And do you think that companies just don't, the companies that are apprehensive about getting started with corporate citizenship, do they not see that connection? Do they not know where to start? What do you think? I think many do. And I think many are not necessarily schooled in how to think about a CSR strategy. Okay. It is not intuitive to necessarily think, what problem in the world needs to be solved in order for our business to do better. Sometimes a company could think, well, that is a selfish behavior. But it (sighs) isn't a selfish behavior. It is a win-lift-all-boats behavior. What do our stakeholders expect from us and our shareholders expect from us Mm -hmm. in terms of making money or in terms of clearing away the obstacles to doing business? And what do we do better than anybody else in terms of contributing to society? Mm-hmm. And those things, when, when thought about that way, really create a whole set of new ahas. So that would be the beginning of, of their starting a program, really, is to think That's, about, okay. I think then there's a third thing that might help a company think about strategy. And that is, what's your company's core competency? What does your company do best? What's your unique competitive edge? I think about things like innovation or marketing mm-hmm. or creating experiences. And if you think about layering your social purpose with a business issue that you need to solve as a company to do well, and then on top of that, a core skill set you now have an efficient, effective idea for a CSR initiative. So one more time, go back to small business banking. Mm-hmm. Um, it has the social mission of improving lives. It has, a, it has an issue with the sustainability of small businesses. Now think about the core competency. Say banks have strong digital platforms. If you were to layer on top the digital platform, there's a strategy in the making What if, for example, the bank built a digital learning and support platform for small businesses who lack access to capital? Right. Boom. And that's why I say it could be done at various levels of resourcing, providing that it contains these three elements. Because when a company does what it already does well, and it is thinking about how to improve its business the initiative will inherently and naturally be much more efficient. Well, and it just sounds like, I mean, every company needs to think about strategy. And really, you're talking about strategy and not strategy separate from social responsibility, but integrated. That's right. Integrated, aligned strategy that takes a look at not only the the bottom line ends or the product quality ends, but also the social context ends. Interesting. Can you give an example of a smaller company that might be able to do something or or maybe already has done something for a fairly low budget? Yes. 
I met a really interesting guy at a sustainability conference earlier this year from a small company, well, probably a mid-sized company in the market, which is called Spellman High Voltage. Spellman has about 2,000 employees in nine plants around the world. Okay. This guy that I met, Mark, is a third-generation entrepreneur in the company, and the company manufactures power supply for scanning technology. So if you think about medical devices that scan or security devices in airports, et cetera, that scan, that is the technology that Spellman High Voltage creates. Mm-hmm. And Mark's grandfather started the business. His father is currently the CEO. And in Mark's portfolio now as a VP, he's working to build out a meaningful environmental and social portfolio as one of his many duties. And they have really put a wonderful stake in the ground to create long-term responsible and sustainable growth. So how have they done that? So Spelman is just beginning its CSR journey, but it's taken a few steps that I think are really impressive and instructional. The first is an environmental certification, which has more to do with how the company does its business mm-hmm. and uh, an additional CSR initiative. But they are ISO 14001 certified, mm-hmm. which is a long way of saying that they have committed to an environmental management system that manages environmental aspects of their specific business and businesses fulfills their compliance obligations, and meaningfully addresses their environmental risks and opportunities. They are one of the first in the industry to be certified this way. And it is a management discipline that they have committed to undertaking that will continue to improve their operations in an environmentally sustainable way. So they've made the commitments to run their business this way. That's right. They've made the commitment to run their business this way. Has that been really costly for them? Well, the certification itself costs some, mostly in the training and operations. But for the business to be sustainable over three more generations, they simply have to manage the environmental resources that they are working with. They are not sustainable if they don't. And so they have determined that it is essential to the sustainability of their business operations to take these steps. That's great. So that's a great example of how doing the right thing makes sense for the business too, even in a medium-sized company. That's right. So the next thing that they did beyond the day-to-day operation of their business in a more sustainable way is that they created and are executing something they call the Spellman High Voltage Electronics Clean Tech Competition. (laughs) That's a mouthful. mouthful, (laughs) But it is a worldwide research and design challenge for pre-college aged youth. Ah. And they have done this for three years. The program encourages a scientific understanding of real-world issues and helps integrate environmentally responsible energy sources. And 
it is designed to inspire students to make them aware of the impact that science and technology have on the 21st century world, but also to provide a set of ideas for the future that this company or others may in fact implement over time. And finally, it identifies and starts to build the future workforce of young people who might do this. So every year, the company identifies a different issues that's grounded in the core technological competency areas that they need in engineering. And uh, students are asked to solve a different problem. The 2019 challenge was towards a greener tomorrow. Oh. This year, the clean tech competition received applications from 550 student teams from 39 countries. Wow. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot of students and a lot of countries. And this year, they doubled their investment to solve two issues. And so they now had two problems going as a way to scale that. The third component of it is that they partner with the National Academy of Science, Engineering, and Medicine on the program, which is a very influential group that will continue to help this company build its profile and its credibility in the marketplace. So they get something out of it. They get innovations for the world. They support students. They're, they're doing a lot of things with a relatively small amount of capital invested. That's right. So I don't have the exact numbers, but the outlay of expense from someone who has looked into how com- what it costs for companies to do this and have uh-huh. done it a lot, yeah. the outlay of expense appears to be primarily in the prize money uh-huh. in marketing. And last year, so 2018, they spent half as much prize money as they spent this year. And so for what I'm going to gather is under $100,000. And last year, likely in the $50,000 range, they had enormous outcomes. So what was it worth to the company? They generated ideas that could help their business grow. They are building a future workforce of the most talented young minds and making those people aware and loyal to their very small company. And they're getting outsized press coverage for a company of their size and connecting that press coverage to innovation. That is a lot. It is a lot for a relatively small investment. And then if you think about what society is getting, young people are creating 550 different innovative solutions to environmental issues. Any one of those, as you and I know, could create dramatic change and inspire new investments that couldn't be measured in value today. Right. 1,600 kids and their mentors are developing themselves and gaining experience that will make them valuable contributors to the workforce and to society. And thousands more are being inspired by what these kids are doing. And they walk away from their exposure to the competition with this broader understanding of why green tech is so important or how they too could make a difference. 
that's not measurable either. No, right. What an impact. That's great. That is <laughs> really interesting. So what I'm hearing you say is that really any size company can have a corporate citizenship commitment that it's really not that hard to get started because every company has a purpose. It's a matter of thinking about what they can do as a business to fulfill that purpose and have an impact on society while also having an impact on their own company. Exactly. When um, you talk so often about the sustainability mindset and you talk about that in your book. Yeah. And I think that this story shows that the sustainability mindset can easily be embedded and is embedded in this one small company's growing culture and is fundamental to both how they make their money and how they spend their money. Right, right. So what are the takeaways, do you think, for our listeners from our stories today and your thoughts? I think there's a few different takeaways. And I think as one wants to get started, or if one is already on this journey, these are the things that they need to think about. The first is to talk about your social purpose. Almost every company has one. And if you flip the lens and look at it from the other side, you will pretty quickly see that yours does too. Mm -hmm. Then I think there is taking a look at how you make your money. And could you do less harm in terms of the way you produce your products and services, Mm -hmm. whether it is environmentally or in any other dimension of your company's operations? How is it that you can be sure that you are doing less harm? Mm -hmm. And then I think the third piece that I would love to see companies do is to think critically about how they might actually do more good. Yeah. How can you invest in efforts or in programs that by asking yourself these few strategic questions could have a strategic impact both on society and on your company? That's great. That's wonderful advice to our listeners. And thank you so much for sharing your experiences today. One of the things I want to mention, Carolyn, is that I know that a number of our listeners are interested in becoming more involved individually in corporate social responsibility and corporate citizenship. And I know you have lots of advice for individuals who want to do this. Would you be willing to come back and do another episode for us just on careers in this field or in this area? I would love to. I could make a full-time job just responding and connecting with all of the individuals who, who express interest or who want to be a CSR professional, regardless of their age or the stage of their careers. And I think as the demand from consumers and stakeholders increases, so will the job market demand. Yeah. And so will the field expand. And so I would be happy to talk about what some of the ways are for individuals to gain some of these experiences while that demand is growing and or to gain these experiences from wherever they currently sit in their job or in school or in in a company. That's an important message because everybody can make a difference regardless of their job title. That's right. And everybody can think strategically about 
the kind of difference that they can make. I'm looking forward to that next episode. I know our listeners will too. So thank you for today. And we look forward to hearing from you again, Carolyn. Thank you for having me, Kathy. Thanks for listening to the Conscious Culture Cafe. If you liked what you heard, connect with us at millerconsultants.com. You can access the show notes and receive our free materials. See you next episode.